This is The Open Word with Pastor David Landry. David is the senior pastor of Calvary Chapel Casa Grande in Casa Grande, Arizona. If God is blessing you and our culture, the mindset is, and I'm saying our culture, the mindset would be if God is blessing you and you're doing everything right, then you ought to be healthy, wealthy, all your kids good looking, every doing great in school and everything fine, right? I mean, that's a lot of what our culture looks at. Hey, if you're doing the right thing, if you're doing the right stuff, then God will bless you and everything will be wonderful in your life. The only problem with that is we don't see that in the Bible. Does it ever look to you like those who are rewarded and do well in life are people who are living a life contrary to the Word of God? Is God really blessing their disobedience to Him? As we join Pastor David today in the book of Amos, we see that many of the wicked nations around Judah were living in what seemed like prosperity. But just because God hadn't brought judgment on their wickedness yet didn't mean He wasn't going to. God will not be mocked. You will reap what you sow. Let's join Pastor David in the book of Amos, chapter 1, verse 1, for today's study. We are in the book of Amos. Now, Amos was known actually by a couple of names. He was known as a fig picker, the uh, picker of uh, sycamore trees, or the tender of sycamore trees and the fig picker. He was also known as a shepherd, but he was also known as non-profit. Okay, he was he was not he was not a prophet, and neither was he the son of a prophet. He was a man that God just chose during, going about his ordinary business, going about his life business, and suddenly uh, God chose him to go and speak to the nations. Let me ask you this: as we uh, get ready to get into this, in our culture right now, if God is blessing you, in our culture. The mindset is, and I'm saying our culture, the mindset would be if God is blessing you and you're doing everything right, then you ought to be healthy, wealthy, all your kids good looking, every, doing great in school and everything fine, right? I mean, that's a lot of what our culture looks at. Hey, if you're doing the right thing, if you're doing the right stuff, then God will bless you and everything will be wonderful in your life. The only problem with that is we don't see that in the Bible. Okay. As a matter of fact, more often we see in the Bible that the saint of God or the, the woman of God who is desiring to do and to live her life wholly and completely under God is, is faced with trials. Uh, again, the, the prince of this earth is doing everything he can to stumble of them up. Also, there is that refining process that God works and moves in our lives that, again, doesn't allow us to get lazy, doesn't allow us to just kind of float along that everything is wonderful. God quite often will and does bring us into a period and a time of testing within our lives. So, Whenever you see someone that everything is working wonderful, that does not necessarily mean that what they're doing 
is the right thing. And that's the exact thing that's going on with the nations of Israel and Judah at the time of Amos. The time of Amos' writing falls into place somewhere between 780 B.C. and 735 B.C. Your Bibles may have other dates. There's large speculation of the time. Actually, we'll look in a moment. And again, he kind of gives when uh, about where he's at. And again, the speculation of all the Bible scholars puts him in that range of time. The areas that he's ministering to is actually to the upper uh, kingdom and to Israel. Though Amos lives in Judah, in the smaller, in the lower kingdom, he lives, he comes from the town of Tekoa, which is just south of Jerusalem. God calls him from that southern kingdom to proclaim the message of God to the northern kingdom. So here we have Judah to the south and we have Israel to the north, okay? So Amos, who is from the south, is called to make this declaration to the north. Let's look at it here. It says, the words of Amos, who was among the sheep, sheep breeders or sheep herders of Tekoa, which he saw concerning Israel in the days of Uzziah, king of Judah. Now, if you read much in your Old Testament, particularly the the book of Isaiah, you know that in Isaiah chapter 6, Isaiah says that it was in the year that King Uzziah died that Isaiah saw the Lord. So we know that Isaiah and Amos, they are contemporaries, a little bit of overlapping of their times together. One of the other things that's kind of interesting, he says, these are the words of Amos. Did you catch that? These are the words of Amos. He didn't say, thus saith the Lord. He didn't say, these are the words of the Lord. He's saying, these are the words of Amos, but it is concerning what he saw, which he saw concerning Israel in the days of Uzziah, king of Judah, and in the days of Jeroboam, the son of Joash, the king of Israel. Now, again, uh, when we look at our Old Testament, we think, well, Jeroboam, wasn't he the one that caused the rebellion that broke the two, the northern kingdom, away from the southern kingdom when Solomon's son Rehoboam took over the kingdom? Wasn't it the guy Jeroboam that split? Well, it, that was a different Jeroboam. This is Jeroboam the second. This is Jeroboam, the son of Joash, king of Israel. Two years before the earthquake, by the way. Now, we all remember when the earthquake is, so uh, we'll move on. Um, actually, Zechariah uh, speaks about a huge earthquake during that time. So, again, that all falls within that time frame that they're, they're putting this in. Says so in Jeroboam's time, in his leadership there in that northern kingdom, it was an unprecedented time of prosperity. It was an unprecedented time of successfulness. There was no particular wars going on during that time. And to the outside eye looking in, you think, wow, God must really be blessing that northern kingdom because everything is prospering. Everything is doing good. But when we read what Amos says, we realize, no, it's just the opposite. Just the opposite. He writes in verse 2, and he said, The Lord roars from Zion and utters his voice from Jerusalem. By the way, Zion and Jerusalem, they're 
interchangeable there. Zion being the, the hill or the mountain where the temple is located. Jerusalem being the city where that's all located. The Lord roars, and that, that's, that's a, the very idea and the thought of, of a lion getting ready to pounce upon its prey. The Lord roars from Zion. He utters his voice from Jerusalem. The pastures of the shepherds mourn, and the top of Carmel withers. It's kind of interesting. You can't see it very well on this particular map, but actually Carmel is in that northern kingdom, and the mountain is withering because of all that's going on there. Verse 3 says, thus says the Lord, and now he's going to get into actually accusations or proclamations to some of the surrounding nations. Before he gets to Israel, he's going to touch on the surrounding nations, and he's even going to speak about Judah a little bit. But the first nation that he speaks about, he says, for three transgressions of Damascus and for four, I will not turn away its punishment. Damascus was in the country of Syria. Now, you need to remember that Syria is not Assyria. Assyria is another kingdom. Syria is separated from it. Syria is the land where Damascus is. Assyria is a great powerful nation that we'll get into in a little bit, uh, even further north than Syria, and it comes down a little bit later. We'll get into that. So anyway, for three transgressions of Damascus and for four, I will not turn away its punishment. In other words, God has said, you know what? No, this punishment is coming down. This punishment is going to happen. Syria, Damascus, we know that uh, it is and it was almost always an enemy of Israel as that uh, up against the uh, northern boundaries of the northern kingdom there. He says, I will not turn away its punishment because they have threshed Gilead with implements of iron. But I will send fire into the house of Hazael, the the leader or the, the king of Syria which shall devour the palaces of Ben-Hadad. I will also break the gate bar of Damascus. And that idea of the, the gate bar, uh, when, whenever they would close the gates of these ancient cities, they would always drop the big bar there to keep people from being able to push the gate open. And God says, no, I'm going to break that gate bar. Well, what happens if your gate is broken down, folks? Anybody? The enemy can come right in. There, there's no, re, remember during this time, the, the fortified cities, the gates around these cities, that was a main portion of their protection. If they saw the enemy coming from a distance, they weren't coming in F-17s. No, they were coming, you know, with horses or marching. They had time to gather everyone that's out in the fields into the gates of the city, close these big gates, set the bar on, and feel relatively secure as they had the watchmen on the towers, the arrows and the spears and the boiling oil and whatever else they threw off the top of the walls as the enemy came. So there's a lot of protection. But if that gate bar is broken, that means the gate will not stay closed when the enemy pushes against it. So God is saying, I'm going to break the gate bar of Damascus, and I'm going to cut off the inhabitant from the valley of Avon. Let me ask you, as we've been in this study, do you remember in uh, Hosea, which we just finished, do you remember what Avon meant we talked about Beth Avon. God used the name Beth Avon when he was speaking about Beth El. Beth El being the house of God. Beth Avon was the house of wickedness. So God is saying here, uh, I'm, I'm going to cut off the inhabitant from the valley of 
the wicked or the valley of wickedness. That's what he looked at them as. He says, and the one who holds the scepter with Beth Eden, the people of Syria shall go captive to Kerr, and Kerr is actually in Assyria, that kingdom that's to the north. So again, God is making this declaration. Uh, Amos is making this prophecy, and it comes absolutely, completely true. We know historically that that's exactly what happened, that before Assyria came and destroyed Israel, the northern kingdom, they destroyed all of these nations around them, Damascus being one of the first, because they were like in the way of them doing it. They had to come and take them first, and they led them away to Kerr, says the Lord. Next, he comes to verse 6. He says, thus says the Lord, for three transgressions of Gaza and for four, I will not turn away its punishment. Well, if you've been watching news since anywhere between now and, say, back in 1967, you probably know where uh, Gaza is. Gaza is on that western side right along the coast. It's still there. Gaza is the same area. Gaza is the land of Philistia, okay? Uh, the Philistines were there. Now, don't get messed up between the Philistines and the Palestinians. They're not the same. The Palestinians are actually a group that came from the Arab countries this way. The Philistines were actually people that came across the sea. They were sea people. That's why they located along the sea there. So anyway, he says, for three transgressions of Gaza... And for four, I will not turn away its punishment. Because they took captive the whole captivity to deliver them up to Edom. Now, Edom is, we'll look at that in a minute, but it's on the other side of Judah. Uh, Edom, what, do you remember who Edom are the descendants of anyone? Think red hair. Think a twin brother. Esau, right. Edom were the descendants of Esau. They were related to Israel. Yet, they didn't play well together. Anybody got cousins you don't get along with real well? Okay. This, that's the situation here. Except it was like to the max. Okay. To the max. So, anyway, you, you've taken them and you've actually delivered my people over to Edom is what God is saying. He says, I'm going to send a fire upon the wall of Gaza again against that wall, that place of protection, which shall devour its palaces. I will cut off the inhabitant from Ashdod, the one who holds the scepter in Ashkelon. I will turn my hand against Ekron. All of these cities are coastal cities of the Philistines there that God says all of these strong cities, they, they, the Philistines had five major cities and four of these he lists here and he says, I'm going to destroy them all and in essence, I'm going to wipe them out. He goes on to say, I will turn my hand against Ekron and the remnant of the Philistines shall what? Perish. Anybody seen any Philistines lately? Not unless you've been watching an old, old movie, okay? No, the Philistines are no more. They, they, they've been wiped out, a, a people group that was completely annihilated. Again, a fulfillment of God's prophetic message because of the wickedness of these people toward the people of God. Now, God's going to spank his own kids in a minute here, okay? Um, I forget who I was talking to. Oh, it was uh, Linda and, and Bob tonight about, you know, um, can I say this in church? Uh, 
corporal punishment to children. Okay, uh, and and I know you know we talked uh, some of the some of the uh, um, services this weekend got the difference between the naughty step and actually getting a whooping, but uh, uh, we we won't go in there tonight. But uh, actually, God's going to give His kids a whooping. Okay, it's not going to be the naughty step at all. So anyway, so the remnant of the Philistines shall perish. Says the Lord God. Verse 9, he goes on, says, Thus says the Lord, for three transgressions of Tyre, and for four, I will not turn away its punishment. Tyre is located just to the north, and again, a coastal city. Tyre, for years, had been in, in great relationship with, with the combined kingdom. If you remember, Hiram of Tyre was the one that helped David get these great cedars to build his house. And then he also helped later with bringing equipment and, and uh, uh, resources for the building of the temple. Again, that came out of Tyre, this, this great harbor there. It's also of the uh, people of Phoenicia, and for the most part, they had been friendly with the combined kingdom. But once they split, there was a breaking of relationship there. And he says, because they delivered up the whole captivity again to Edom. Edom had this real hatred toward Israel. And every time that these surrounding nations had a chance, they would take them and literally support Edom against Israel. He says, they delivered up the whole captivity of Edom and did not remember the covenant of brotherhood. That's that relationship that David had with Hiram, the king of Tyre, and all of that area of Phoenicia. So again, both David and Solomon had this great relationship. He says, but I will send a fire where? What does it say? Upon the wall of Tyre. So again, they're not going to have any protection. And when you don't have any protection, Against the enemy, guess what happens? You get spanked. You, you get beat. Your protection is gone. You have no defense. You see, that's why it's so important for you and I, and we'll get into this a little bit later, for you and I, as we walk in obedience and faithfulness to the Lord, to know that we are under that covering, because that covering of the Lord becomes protection in our life and when we start walking in disobedience we're walking out of that covering and oh hey man look how great life is oh everything's wonderful i'm succeeding i'm prospering but there's absolutely no spiritual protection in your life at that point in time that's why you need to be under that covering you need to walk in obedience i'm going to send fire on the wall of tyre which shall devour its palaces Now he moves on in verse 11, again, for three transgressions of Edom and for four, I will not turn away its punishment. And again, Edom is located to the far southeast of of Judah. Let me bring that again so you can see it right there, okay? See it down at the very bottom of the map, way down there. So that's the kingdom of Edom. And Israel has had problems with Edom ever since they left Egypt and tried to go through that area, and they wouldn't let them pass through. Always, always has been a problem. Any time that Israel as a combined kingdom were, were under any kind of attack, Edom would always side with the enemy of Israel. Whoever was against Israel, 
Edom was on their side, okay? Even though the, that country or those people might be also the enemy of Edom, at that point in time, they became their allies and worked with them against Israel. So he says, because he pursued his brother with the sword. And again, they're, they're related. Esau and Jacob. Jacob, Israel, the, the, the tribes coming from him. Esau, again, that, that division. Now, we know the story how Jacob and Esau, they kind of, they kind of made things okay with each other. But I believe that from generation that led to generation that led to generation, there was a bitterness that came. Because they saw God's blessing on the family of Jacob, and Esau didn't quite get it. If, if you look at the land that Edom has, if you've ever looked at it on like a, a geographical map or Google Earth or something like that, you look over at Edom, it's all brown, okay? It's just flat out brown. There's, there's nothing there. It is desert. It is a waste area. And it's interesting when you look at those aerial photos, over here is Israel, and right now it's all night green and plush and beautiful, and here's Edom, just brown and ugly. Well, that's because, again, they weren't under the blessing of God because of their own rebellious hearts. He says, because he pursued his brother with the sword and cast off all pity, all pity, his anger tore perpetually. In other words, there was, there was no appeasing any anger. So from generation to generation to generation, that anger, that hatred for all things Israel remained there. And he kept his wrath forever. And I will send a fire upon Teman. Now this is interesting. Teman is the, the capital of Edom. So it's not just the walls. I'm not just going to burn your walls down. I'm going to burn your city down which shall devour the palaces of Bozrah. One one more, well, a couple more here. Uh, verse 13, thus says the Lord, for three transgressions of the people of Ammon, and for four I will not turn away its punishment. Ammon is located about central and to the, to the west. Ammon today is, do you know what country that might be today? Jordan. As a matter of fact, their their capital is pronounced a little bit different, but it's spelled the same, Ammon or, or Amon, Jordan. Okay, so it's the same country, the same area today. Listen to what the Lord says: because they ripped open the women with child in Gilead. You see, Gilead was right across the river, the Jordan River there, and as they would attack, one of the most vicious and vile things that I think any enemy could do is they would find, literally, they would look for the pregnant women and just in order to just totally annihilate the the emotions of the people, they would go and they would literally rip open pregnant women. And I know this is gross, but then they would grab the baby and then kill the baby even at that point in time. That's how vicious that was. They they learned that actually from, I believe, the Assyrians, because that's how gross the Assyrians were too. But that's not all. He says, uh, they turned, uh, let me, uh, they ripped open the women with child and Gilead that they might enlarge their territory. They were enlarging their territory by moving west toward what is known as the West Bank area. It's interesting. That's where the push and the 
press is right now, even in Israel. Now, today, Jordan is a pseudo friend of Israel. At least they have a sort of relationship. You can actually drive from Israel into uh, Jordan, from Jordan into Israel. You can go back and forth. But believe me, it's it's all political. It is all just for the dollar. It is, it's, it, believe me, they, it's, there's no love relationship there between Jordan and Israel at all. They want to enlarge their territory. And the only way that they're going to enlarge their territory, again, is as they push into Israel. It says they, they, I, but I will, verse 14, God says, I will kindle a fire in the wall of Rabbah. And I will devour its palaces amid shouting in the day of battle and a tempest in the day of the whirlwind. Their king shall go into captivity. He and his princes together, says the Lord. And again, one of the things we know about uh, Ammon is that as Assyria came down and tried to take, after they took Israel and they came down and tried to take Judah, they actually took Ammon. They took those neighbors around them. So Ammon, again, was taken by the Assyrians at that point in time. Their king shall go into captivity, he and his princes together. So chapter 2 now. For three transgressions now of Moab, Moab, and for four, I will not turn away its punishments. We hope that today's edition of The Open Word has been a blessing to you. If you live in the Casa Grande, Arizona area, we want to invite you to join us for worship. The messages that you hear on The Open Word are produced from worship services at Calvary Chapel, Casa Grande. Maybe the teaching you heard is exactly what you're looking for in a church. Then please join us. We have services on Saturday evenings and two Sunday morning worship services, as well as other services throughout the week. For more information about service times, including driving directions, log on to TheOpenWord.com and then follow the link to the church website. Now, we want to be sure to tell you how you can get a free copy of this teaching. Simply log on to TheOpenWord.com. Our website has today's message available for you to download. For more information about The Open Word or Calvary Chapel Casa Grande, we encourage you to log on to TheOpenWord.com. Remember, at the website you'll find quite a bit of information about The Open Word and a link to the church website. So log on to TheOpenWord.com today and get to know us better. We wish we had more time today to share more of Pastor David's message, but we've run out of time. From all of us here with the production team, we want to say thank you for tuning in and may God richly bless you.